most of us, most of our listeners are familiar with the general concept of getting articles published and why do that. But I like your special slant of how getting things placed both on your own website and on others' websites really has a dramatic uh, leverage for your your name recognition. Um, you know, it's just amazing how you you up your status on the search engines just by having some of these articles placed in in on websites that may you know may not have a lot of readership, but it helps increase your status. I think in the in the listing. And the good news is, well, first of all, you go for the ones that do have the readership, of course. Okay. And a lot of these e-zines that have websites, you know, they do actually have a surprising number of readers. Hmm. Um, but the other thing is, of course, it's free. And uh, I should say that, you know, again, I, I don't pay, for instance, for any kind of paid placement because I haven't found it particularly useful in my own specific business. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not a generic statement because it definitely depends on what your business is, what your keywords are that you're trying to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it hasn't been effective, and so I can't even say that Google Google's favoring me because I'm a major customer. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some of your techniques for specifically generating article ideas that are more likely to be accepted on some of these websites or in these e-zines, or likely to appeal to the to the biggest amount of readers. I know when we were talking about what we were going to cover in this session, you had some really great ideas that are beyond what we may think of for just traditional print article placement. So those of you who are following along on the handout, and for our CD listeners, if you haven't downloaded the handout, go to speakernetnews.com, go to the teleseminar section, look for Philippa's name, and her handout link will be under her name. And for those of you with it in front of you, we're on the on the second slide called Generating Ideas. So let's talk first about the referring keyword searches. Right, and again, these are essentially ideas that come online. Uh, obviously, we've already discussed most of us know how to get ideas offline. But this is also uh, part of your leverage because now you're looking at what's happening on your website. So the keyword searches, referring means the searches that people do when they come to your site. And you can tell that from your traffic reports. And if anybody's ever heard me speak at any time ever in their life, they'll know that traffic reports is one of my favorite things. And if you aren't looking at that kind of information about who comes to your site, why, what they do, uh, in my humble opinion, you're, you're shooting in the dark. <laughs> and we can do another program on that sometime. But um, you can. there's a section in the traffic reports where you can see what were the searches that were done, and what were the keywords in those searches? And a lot of those might be pretty obvious to you, but there might be some, some nuggets in there of, of searches where, see, because Google and, and other search engines pick up every word on your, on your site of all the pages that they, they crawl, um, maybe a little phrase that, that you hadn't even thought about has come up in a keyword search and has caused somebody to come to your site. And if you start seeing a pattern around that, then it might be a great way to say, well, you know, maybe there's more interest in this than I thought about, and maybe I should think about creating some content around that. Mm. Now, I know that Jeanette Cates, of course, knows what the traffic reports are, but why don't you just give us a one or two sentence of, of how people would, would be able to read those stats so that well, if somebody's in the dark, we don't leave them in the dark. Sure. If you've never seen them before, the first, probably the first stop is with your hosting service for your website, and just ask 
most a lot of the hosting services now provide basic stats and ask them if they do that and then look for the section called referring URLs. And they'll have a list of all those uh, words that people search for to find your pages. Right, and it will tell you which search engine they found you in. Okay. And um, actually, uh, if I can do a quick plug for the stuff on my site, which happens to be my articles. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on my site, which is cyberspeaker.com, um, which will help you to, to, to interpret some of that information. Excellent. Great. Okay. All right. So first we look at some of the keyword, you know, how people found us, and that may spawn some articles. And then what's another, uh, this concept about internal site searches? Tell us about that. Right. And so that's an extension of the same idea. But now we're talking about, in referring keywords, we're talking about external search engines like Google or Yahoo, which send people to you. With the internal search, we're talking about where you put a search engine on your own site to search your site. And if you have a lot of content on your site, that can be very powerful. And you can get, um, I have a search engine on my site powered by a company called AtomZ, A-T-O-M-Z, uh, which is a little free utility that I was able to tailor, and I think it's still available. Uh, but the point is that if you have something like that, then what you're trapping is what people look for once they've reached your site. And again, it can be a great indication of how usable your site is. You know, you'll see people doing searches for stuff that you would have thought would be obvious from your navigation, and it's not, so that's a good clue. Uh, but again, it can be, if you see searches for words or phrases which um, you haven't written about, see, coming from external search engine, the keywords have to be something that's on your site. But from the internal search engine, you can also get ideas for words and phrases that aren't currently covered by, by your content. And again, that could be a heads up to say, hey, that could be something I want to write about. I hadn't realized that they track things that really that, that return nothing as well as the successful ones. Oh, yeah, they, they should track everything. Okay, and Adam Z has some report you can read on this. Because my search engine is powered by Google, and I didn't even think of looking for stats on that. Yeah, Adam Z, yes, it does. Okay. And, uh, in fact, they send you a weekly email with your searches in it. Ah, all for free? Wow. Well, I get it for free, and I, I, I think it's still there. Must have advertising or something. Um. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be like, speaking at it, we would just do these things for free, you know? <laughs> like the newsletter. All right, excellent. Now, this Ask the Expert concept has me intrigued. So explain how we would utilize that. So a lot of people have an Ask the Expert page on their website, and that's where you can invite people to ask you any question they like about your topic of expertise. And this can be a great way of generating articles uh, for your own e-zine, your own newsletter. And, um, of course, what you do want to do is immediately make it very clear that you reserve the right not to answer anything that you don't feel like, because otherwise you'll be writing a load of term papers for students. It's unbelievable what you get asked. <laughs> but um, it can give you, and especially if your site is popular and you, you encourage a lot of people to ask you questions, uh, again, it can show you patterns of what people are interested in, looking for, and provide a lot of effectively easy-to-write material both for articles and for the other content that you're creating. Plus, then, again, it's another way to generate an interaction with you, so you get somebody, somebody to actually call you or 
um, you know, write you an email or whatever. I could see that that would be such an easy way to, to call the top ten questions, you know, bankers have about X or, you know, you just see what questions people pose and create an, that's an easy article. Mm-hmm. Now, do you post your answers to your site as well? Is it like a bulletin board or something that people could scroll and, and um, you know, search for your answers? I think that's up to your choice. You can say that uh, answers will be published in your monthly newsletter, which is a great way to say sign up for my newsletter. Uh, you can publish last month's answers. I mean, I think that's, that's up to you. Okay. All right. And then the Google News alerts. I know I just have mine set for my name, but you have some other ideas on how to make this more useful in terms of creating articles. And I, yeah, and I have to give credit to Annie Jennings because I'm pretty sure this was an idea I got from her. But it's very powerful, and, and you can get overwhelmed. You have to choose your keywords correctly. But if you go to Google and click on News or is it News Alerts, um, Google have this wonderful service where you can put in a keyword, and they're constantly searching the web, and they will send you a link to web pages from essentially newspapers, press releases, anything across the globe that mentions your keyword. So um, well, the point that Annie Jennings was making is that if you're an expert in your field, you should be able to comment at any moment at the drop of a hat on any news item that pertains to your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. So you better know what's going on. Okay. And uh, this is a tremendous way to keep in touch with that as long as you can con- control it. And in fact, it can also make you very, look very good in front of your clients. Um, one of the things I also do, actually, is if I'm working with a major corporate